Hello and welcome back to the Living Imperfectly podcast with me, your host, Claire. You're listening to the podcast that provides you with real honest discussions on how embracing imperfection can be a helpful approach to improving our relationship with food, body image, exercise and navigating through our messy lives in general. Today's episode is a solo one and because it's Valentine's Day, of course, it's going to be all about love self-love and how body image can affect your sex life. So let's get started. I'm going to start this podcast by saying if I heard what I'm away to say 10 years ago, my younger self, I probably would have rolled my eyes and said what a load of wishy-washy nonsense. The thing is that back then I was so closed off from reality and I wasn't educated in what I am today. But when we know better, we get to choose better or should I say to choose to be better. Um, So yeah, so please try and be open if if you're feeling a little bit like, oh God, what's your way to say? Please try and be open, challenge yourself um, with this instead of being closed off. Aim to be curious instead of being critical and you might learn something and also I really hope it helps you to be much kinder to yourself because criticizing ourselves doesn't tend to get us anywhere. Okay so self-love what the actual hell is it? Well personally because I do find the term self-love I do still find that quite icky Um, I don't know if that's just me like oh, does that mean that you just love yourself? Which, is there anything bad with just loving yourself? Um, So that is something that I do challenge myself with that term of that, why do I feel so icky about it? But personally, I would actually, a way to help me with self-love is actually just describing it as being compassionate. So basically, being a bloody nice human to yourself I mean, who would have thought that we could actually be kind to ourselves? Um, So yeah, but being self-compassionate or being kind to ourselves, um, we can have a bit of resistance towards it. And I just really wanted to kind of unpack that in this episode as such. So if you feel quite resistant to being kind to yourself or taking action on things that you know would be helpful, but you don't get them done, that kind of thing. And if you struggle basically with being self-compassionate, then this is perhaps maybe why. So like society often places like value on things like productivity, achieving things and self resilience, um, which can create like this pressure to ignore or minimize our own struggles and emotions. So, you know, messages of self-compassion can sometimes be taken as um, that it's a weakness, like it's a weak thing, like oh, it's a softy, softy approach, or that it's maybe self-indulgent. Um, and that can maybe discourage people to embrace self-compassion. Now, I just want to say that there's nothing soft about self-compassion. To me, I mean, not to me, actual, um, you know, self-compassion is about, you know, having the courage to take action on the things that you're 
delaying that you know that will be good for you or have a positive effect. Um, it's also about, you know, not being such a dick to yourself when, you know, things don't turn out the way that you'd maybe ideally want to. It actually helps you to be more resilient and actually helps you achieve and be productive. So it, it is actually the thing that helps the thing that people are going on about in society, if that makes sense. Anyway, another reason that we can be resistant or feel this resistance to self-compassion is this fear of yeah, self-indulgence. So worrying that, you know, it was it's going to lead to self-pity or laziness. Um, and we feel that being kind to ourselves is letting ourselves off the hook or failing to hold ourselves accountable to their actions. But that's, you know, self-compassion is actually about holding ourselves accountable. It is about, um, you know, understanding that sometimes we need a bit of fierce compassion, like get your shit done, basically. There is, there's no reason for you not to. But equally, it's about also, you know, being kind and knowing that it doesn't always pan out that way. Um, internalized criticism and self-judgment. So is another reason that we are resistant. So many people like have this internalized critical voices and it might come from childhood or other types of relationships. Um, and these this kind of inner critic can fuel self-doubt, self-criticism, this feeling of like unworthiness. And this can really make it really hard to actually be compassionate towards yourselves. I mean, this is totally relatable. And I kind of discussed a little bit of this in the last week's episode, but it's, you know, I totally relate to this. It's this constant chatter in your brain and it's bloody hard to shift. And it really does take a daily effort or challenge to yeah, I guess challenge this narrative that is going on in your head um and being factual about what is actually going on you know it's this thing of like you know who do you think you are like going after big goals or who do you think you are like or people think that you're going to be above your stations and this kind of internalized criticism it's so deep-rooted and yeah it's just it's really, really difficult one to work through, but you can work on this. I'd also say that if you're ever actually being met with anybody that actually criticizes you, so external criticism or external judgment, then I want to share something that was a total game changer for me in understanding this. And that is that when people say things that when they criticize or judge you, it's actually a reflection of themselves so basically it's not a you thing it's a them thing and this is super super I don't know like it was a big breakthrough for me when I understood that because you know when people are criticizing you or judging you it's really a reflection on it's something that maybe perhaps they wish that they could do or maybe they fear like stepping out of their comfort zone and potentially you know failing at something and you know, they don't want to have that internalized criticism and self-judgment on themselves. So yeah, if you have people in your life that, you know, do criticize you or, or judge you, please know that it is 
not a you thing it's a them thing um so yeah so basically fuck them <laughs> that's what i would say i would say just keep going after your goals like no matter how big they are no matter how bloody crazy they other people think they are like if it actually matters to you and you actually want to do it and then go and bloody do it but on the flip side I will also say that you don't need to be going after big goals or anything to just prove a point to these people um because you're already a badass and you don't need to prove yourself to anybody um, so, you know, that, I mean, I can totally relate to that one. That's probably the start of my, uh, ultra <laughs> endurance, uh, events was to prove a point. Um, and I didn't actually enjoy the process and because I was just trying to prove a point that I, I could do whatever I wanted to do. The thing is you can do whatever you want to do. You don't have to prove to anybody. I've just repeated myself there, but it's, I'm passionate about really making sure that you know that. Okay, so other things that you could be resistant to self-compassion. I guess this perceived lack of worthiness. So feeling like you're undeserving or yeah, just this lack of worth. It can prevent us from like, treating ourselves with compassion, actually really looking after ourselves because we don't feel like we're worth it. Um, you know, we don't feel like we're worth being kind to. Um and we don't feel like we're worth taking care of. And especially if we have these internalized beliefs about our own inadequacy or this failure, it can be really difficult for us. But you are worth compassion. This fear of vulner vulnerability, um, because practicing self-compassion, it does require vulnerability and openness to our own pain and suffering to really actually I guess approach it head on and instead of avoiding it um and that can feel really tough for some people this fear of like actually acknowledging that they're struggling and this feeling of being too exposed or vulnerable it can lead to avoiding being self-compassionate it's a way of it's actually a coping mechanism you know so if we're avoiding it it's a it's a means of self-protection so it's a coping strategy because we're we're fearing we're fearing that okay so being open to being vulnerable you know there's you don't need to go from zero to 100 with this you know take it at your own pace and if you're working with a coach um you know something that i i probably say on a daily basis to my clients is that you know, please know you'll never be met with criticism, judgment, you know, there's, there's never any, anything like that here. Um, you'll, you know, always be open with compassion, kindness, and, um, a level of curiosity to helping you kind of move forwards. Um, and having somebody like that, like having that kind of support around you to know that you're not going to be judged, you're not going to be criticized can be really, really helpful in allowing you to, build this self-compassion to be vulnerable to um to take action on this instead of avoiding and if you don't work with a coach um that works with on this kind of way um then you know it's it's about looking at maybe your friends like the people that are close to you who do you feel comfortable being vulnerable around um so yeah can be helpful uh, another thing is 
misconceptions about self-compassion so yeah just this I mean I've kind of really briefly said this it's this misconceptions misunderstanding about what it actually is um you know it's not self-pity it's not self-centered either um you know you're not like oh you know it's all about me it's it's not about that it's not a form of weakness and it's definitely not a form of self-indulgence at all it's actually taking care of yourself, which is a basic human need in life to get through life. <laughs> um, so another thing as well that can be like resistance is just our general habitual patterns of coping. So, you know, way that we cope with stress or difficult emotions, if we cope, if we, if our coping strategies is self-criticism or self-denial, then these coping strategies like they are familiar and they're comfortable right they're comfy we know how how the outcome is you know we're going to be over self-critical we're going to speak to ourselves like shit it's going to feel like shit but we know what the outcome will be or like the self-denial as well like totally avoidant and because it feels comfortable but we're actually holding ourselves back by being self-critical or um self-denial as well we're actually holding ourselves back from living our lives, I mean, living our best lives, you know, just actually living truly freeing um, by holding on to these coping strategies. And it's because they're familiar and they're comfortable that we keep going back to them. So it's really about challenging this um, because like ultimately they're not effective and they're, yeah, they're totally unhelpful. Uh, and lastly, resistance to self-compassion is kind of like I guess this kind of stigma around mental health as well like sometimes I guess our like mental health issues are kind of stigmatized or marginalized and people might be hesitant to acknowledging that like their own struggles to seek help um so you know it's it can be really hard for people you know it's this fear of judgment or discrimination it can really discourage people from being open um about mental health needs as well so really like addressing this resistance to self-compassion in other words like really taking care of yourself uh, it involves like really challenging your negative beliefs um and your coping strategies that might not be very helpful um it also involves like practicing mindfulness um really building self-awareness and seeking support from others so actually asking for help it's really difficult right um cultivating you know self-compassion through you know self-kindness common humanity and i said before mindfulness as well and it is a process and it does involve a lot of patience a lot of courage and a willingness to embrace being vulnerable and also embracing just being a human you're not a robot you're a human with you know we're complex and I think if we can remind ourselves of that often then our minds can feel a little bit nicer to live in so yeah, self-compassion, it's actually the key in taking action to the things that you don't necessarily want to do, um, but you know that they're helpful for. It's about giving yourself, you know, a bloody break when the shit hit the fa hits the fan. 
And it also allows you to drop down to plan B or even plan Z. Um, and it's the key to building resilience in life to manage the roller coaster, the ups, the downs, and all that messy crap in between. Um, and something that like a friend of mine said to me that massively helped me with self-compassion, and she probably doesn't realize that it helped me. Um, you know, it's one of these things I must tell her. And if she's, if she's, if you're listening to this, then, uh, you then you know it's you. Um, and thank you so much. But I do actually need to message her and say because we probably we don't do that enough, do we? We don't ever say thank you to the people who said something that was helpful. Um, so yeah. But anyway, I've digressed. So yeah, I'll never forget this one. And it is to ask yourself this question and to ask it often. Is what would someone who loved themselves do right now? Oh, I mean, my younger self would have cringed when I heard this, like this fear of actually loving myself. I mean, how dare we actually bloody like ourselves, let alone love ourselves. I mean, love ourselves. Who knew that this was possible? <laughs> but it's mental to think that, you know, we would never actually want our like loved ones, the people that we just bloody love to bits, to feel like they hated themselves um, or they didn't love themselves. Yet we do this to ourselves. So yeah, anyway, I really encourage you to try this question out and let me know how it goes because it is one that is very helpful for me when I struggle with taking being self-compassionate and it always helps me out. Okay, so I'm going to slight sidetrack onto uh, more self-love stuff, but we're going to take it to a more intimate level. Um, and that is how body image can or may impact our sex life. Now, I'm in no means a sex expert, okay? So I'm just going to say that right now. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of sex but um I think it is important to talk about how the body image can you know impact sex life so firstly I don't um think I've spoken about Maslow's hierarchy on here before but basically Maslow's theory suggests that we have basic needs as humans and these are split up into five categories so physiological needs safety needs, belongingness and love needs, esteem needs and self-actualization. I'm not going to get into all of those right now um, because I'll go off into all sorts. So I'm going to stick to what I'm actually going to try and talk about. So yeah, basically, if these needs are, are not being met, then we might experience like disturbances in our well-being. So it's kind of like when life feels a bit meh. Or, you know, it just things feel out of sorts from your normal. You just don't necessarily feel satisfied with life. And like our coping strategies that kind of come out to compensate for that might not be very helpful or supporting for our overall health and well-being. So, for example, like, you know, things like, you know, we turn to food, we maybe overexercise, we maybe turn to alcohol, sex, drugs, whatever it is that we use to, I guess, fill the gap, like to feel like we're living. 
So in the um, Maslow's hierarchy, in the belongingness and love needs, this is the part that I really kind of want to go into. And that's, I guess, sex. And now I don't need to explain what sex is. I mean, it's not limited to being intimate with somebody. Um, you know, it's also when I'm talking about this, it's also about being intimate towards yourself. And if you're cringing at this, then I challenge you to not stop listening and go all avoidant on me and actually just listen in and get curious, okay? So yeah, one of the main, like one of the many, many, many reasons I love helping people with um, promoting more of a positive body image is that I, you know, I know how this supports um, my clients' overall well-being. And basically it helps you to feel more at home in your body is how I kind of describe it. And when you feel comfortable in your body, it's it impacts your whole life in a positive way. Now, this is not a toxic positive, you know, you are going to love yourself all of the time and you love every part of your body all of the time, because that isn't what positive body image is. That is, yeah. And I, yeah, anyway, I've sidetracked and get back to it. <laughs> but yeah, of course, you know, you're going to have days where you're going to have poor body image days, but when you've worked on body image, you have the tools for those days. And this is so bloody empowering. I cannot stress this enough. It's so empowering. And yeah, when we look back at the, um, the hierarchy of our basic needs as a human, we're talking about our basic needs as a human. Um, you know, this feeling like we belong and our love needs when they are met, this is this means that one of our key areas of our human needs are being met. So in other words, we're feeling pretty fucking good about life. So poor body image can impact us in a both in a psychological way and also in a physical way. And like it impacts our or overall well-being, okay? And it can manifest in so many different ways. I'm just going to share some of the ways that it might show up because you, if you listen to this and you feel like, hmm, yeah, I totally understand that. And I didn't actually realize that maybe that was poor body image. Um, then this might be helpful for you to understand. Okay, so the first kind of thing is really like so low self-esteem where we feel this like inadequate or unworthy feeling and this can it can result in like feeling like anxiety or shame about actually being intimate and it's yeah it's not great I mean none of this is really great is it um you know this feeling like dissatisfied or uncomfortable in our bodies it can also diminish like actually wanting to have sex and it might lead us to completely avoiding sex and it might also um you know have that might have an impact on our relationship or relationships um it might have uh it also might have like increased performance anxiety about sex so where we're like worrying about how our body looks whether our like partner or partners find us attractive you know like certain 
situations or certain maybe positions that we don't want or we feel very insecure in and it can yeah it can make us feel really anxious um and it just kind of I guess takes the fun out of it as well um and yeah and it can have a strain on relationships especially if we find it really difficult to communicate this as well um it is a hard thing to communicate to a partner if you're feeling like you're not not you're feeling dissatisfied in your body um negative body talk is like super common thing for poor body image you know this constant we're constantly criticizing our body like looking at ourselves in the mirror and picking ourselves apart or not wanting to see how our body looks in pictures or you know and then we're taking it to you know an intimate situation and this negative self-talk is still chattering along in your brain and I mean I don't know about you but that is not really you know <laughs> great um when you're wanting to be intimate with your partner partners um it and yeah it can be it takes you away from that moment as well because you're elsewhere your mind is elsewhere so yeah this feeling like I briefly mentioned of like it, making it difficult for us to communicate with it because we feel embarrassed or we might feel ashamed or we might feel like we're not going to be met with what we need um you know getting told like oh you don't need to worry about it is kind of not really helpful you know when I see like posts on social media that's like don't criticize yourself love yourself it's like well if I if it was as easy as that then maybe we wouldn't be having this constant chatter in my brain it actually takes a little bit more than just telling yourself not to think a certain way um it does actually take you know actually understanding this a little bit more um and yeah over time like this persistent body image concerns that we we may be going through it can have a negative effect on our overall body confidence and this can affect us in so many different aspects of our life you know it can affect us for like say for example like performance goals um in the gym in running in races or anything you know if we're if we are being consumed about how our body looks is it can be having an effect on other things um but there's lots of different things that can be affecting and it's really about kind of um addressing these underlying insecurities and developing tools um to promote positive um, body image so i really do encourage you to to get a little bit curious on this like how does your body image impact your life and I would also say like from a negative point of view and also from a positive point of view as well because it's it doesn't necessarily have to be all doom and gloom with this stuff sometimes there's certain areas in our lives that we actually feel quite positive about our bodies um and I would really like people to to recognize that too um so yeah and once you start to explore this kind of stuff, it can feel like a whole load of light bulbs has just been switched off in your brain. You're like, ah, right. 
I get it. I get why this is actually important. And yes, you can absolutely improve body image, no matter what your self uh, criticism or the stories that you've been telling yourself, you can change. And when you do, it's, oh, it's so bloody empowering. And it actually helps you to show up in the world like a true badass that you are. Right, so that's enough of my love chat for today. I hope that you're feeling the self-love, uh, the compassion and the love for others too. Thank you so much as always for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope that you have taken something from this episode that has helped in some way. As always, feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, my contact details are in the show notes. Feel free to send in any questions on anything that I've discussed today or in general. I'm always here for the questions. And I really look forward to meeting you again on the next podcast.